history will be made in October 2024 when Canada sends a team to race in the first ever Women's America's Cup in Barcelona, Spain. After 137 years as a men's only sport, women will compete for their own America's Cup and the Canadian team will be led by Vancouver's Isabella Berthold, Canada's top female racer who ranks second in the world. Isabella is a Vancouverite and she's a guest on our program this morning. She's joining us right now. Good morning, Isabella. Congratulations and welcome. Thank you and good morning to you too. Well, it's nice to have you with us. So tell us a little bit about what it takes to become Canada's top racer and number two in the world. How long have you been at this, Isabella? Yeah, I uh, I actually started sailing when I was five, um, just uh, on the waters of English Bay off Jericho Beach. I got got signed up for a summer sailing program, much much by chance. It was an all day uh, childcare option in the summer, which mm-hmm. I think was quite appealing to my mom. And uh, I you know I just fell in love with it. Uh, it was so liberating just to go out on the water as a five year old by yourself in what looked like really a floating bathtub is the best way to describe what these boats look like. And from there, it, it sort of just took its own path. And at 13, next thing I knew, I was qualified for the senior national team, which most sailors don't accomplish until they're sort of in their mid-20s. Mm. Um, so it was it was already sort of a, a different start to my career, I'd say, that, than most. And so quickly it took me on the international circuit, racing World Cups. And um, when you sort of say, what does it take? I think it, it takes just the never quitting and always so continuing and striving on, and now I'm uh, racing much faster boats, and that's what I think is most exciting also about the, the Women's America's Cup is just how how quick and technologically advanced these boats are now that we will be racing. Oh, they're just unbelievable, as a matter of fact. Now, you've been all over the TV in the last couple of days, uh, <laughs> and we've seen pictures of these boats in full flight, and they, they don't even sit on the water anymore. They rise up, and they, they ride on these, uh, uh, like, catamaran-type things. Tell us more about the design of these boats. They look hideously expensive, to say the very least, as well. <laughs> and, and they're quite fragile as well, I will add. But, yes, they... Um, so they're, they're known as foiling sailboats. So okay. These, these basically boards that you see underneath the boat are, are the foils. And it's much like an airplane when the airplane goes to take off as speed builds over these foils. There's, there's lift created, yes. which actually lifts the boat out of the water. And so when I started sailing these boats, it was almost like learning the sport all over again. Because now not only did I have to sail, but I also had to understand how to fly something at mm-hmm. the same time. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the speeds I've, I've personally hit close to a hundred kilometers an hour on the water on a foiling sailboat. And, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if most of our racing is, is in the 80 to 90 kilometer an hour mark, uh, come October of 2024. That's fantastic stuff. Now, what size crew will you be the skipper of Isabella? Yeah. So on, on the boat at one time, there's four people that will race. Uh, our our crew on the women's side will be six sailors. You do always need a reserve in case of injury or sickness. Sure. Um, so we'll we'll have a, a total team of six sailors um, going to Barcelona. So now, how do you go about selecting your team? Because it's just mm-hmm. this is just starting to come together now, uh, and you've got uh, until a year from October. So roughly what eighteen months max to to put this all together. Do you already have a sense of who might make the cut in terms of the team? And I'm sure you're just getting swamped with applications as well, right? Yeah, plenty, plenty of applications, which is really exciting. And I think most exciting for me is also how young a lot of the applicants are. So they're obviously very inspired by this. Um, our team selection process actually started this past fall already. 
so yes, so certainly there's been there's been a lot of sailing, a lot of on water time that's been happening. Uh, and we also have access to a simulator, which gives us really helpful data to know sort of who who po- who potentially could be good at sailing one of these boats because it, their boat like this has never been to Canada before. No one in Canada has ever sailed a boat like this. Uh, so it really is a brand new skill set. And at the end of the day, it really comes down to building the best team. And uh, I'm really a, a big fan of having the most collective knowledge as a unit. So uh, a personality fit really comes in a big part. Um, and just, I think, being hungry to learn and curious, want, wanting to learn and explore different ways to, to tackle problems is a big part of it. Indeed. So is there a boat? To, uh, again, we saw pictures of these fantastic craft uh, in, in racing circumstances, too. But is there a Team Canada boat already for, for, the, for the race? Yeah, so the Team Canada boat is actually being built right now. Ah. Um, and so there, there's a few rules around order of boats and things like that. So our, our boat is in build and we will be sailing it in sep- starting in September of this year. So we have a, a few more months to sort of learn, learn the basics in the simulator before really just jumping out on the water and going full send, send across, uh, across the bay. And where is the boat being built? Where do you, where, where do you go to build a boat like this? <laughs> yeah, so uh, what's very interesting about these boats is they're all identical, and so they're all built by the same factory. Uh-huh. Uh, it's called McConaughey Boats, and so that ensures that it's a completely equal playing field um, for all the competitors out on the water, which means really that it's going to be the best sailors that win at the end of the day. That's interesting. Uh, It's the same principle as they use in in, in False Creek, and it's a very small example, Isabella, but you're a local and you get it. Uh, In False Creek every year, we have the Dragon Boat Festival. You know about that. And and it's very important for the Dragon Boat racers that all of the boats that the teams race in are exactly the same. There are no advantages to from one team to another with a different design, a different makeup, a different composition. They, They have to be the same for very good reasons, don't they? Yeah, exactly. You really you really want the best athlete to win at the end of the day, not not the team that had a slight technological edge. <laughs> so now let's talk about the fact that this is the uh, an all women's America's Cup. It's only taken 137 years, <laughs> Isabella. About blinking time, you might say. But what finally got it organized? Put the, put it over the top and and got the yachting community worldwide to go. Okay, for goodness' sake, it is indeed about time. Yeah, you know, I think um, there, I mean, there's definitely there's been an all women's team that has raced in the America's Cup previously. And so what makes this special is that we have our own trophy that we are now racing for. Yes. And so our own our own competition. And I think what I think as we've seen with sort of all women's sport over the past years is uh, the commitment levels have changed. Uh, We've been giving been given more resources as well. And more opportunity is really, I think, the, the key word here to showcase our skill sets and to show that not only are we as competitive, not more competitive than a lot of male athletes now. And um, also, I, so I think all of that sort of aligned for finally for, for somebody to say, you know what, let's, let's let them race on the, the very biggest show, so show stage there is in the sport of sailing as well. And, and not only race, but in the exact same boats that the men's teams are using for their training as well. So great stuff. Great really stuff. Really get to get to go head to head. You bet. Take us back to five-year-old Isabella out there in <laughs> off Jericho Beach in your little uh, solo. Uh, is that a sunfish? Those little tiny bathtubs with a sail on them that you talk about. It's, I, lived, it's I, called, I it called an opti. It was literally like, like little 
floating bathtub is what they look like. Exactly. <laughs> I live down in White Rock, and you see them and off Crescent Beach, the same thing in the summertime. They have day camp, and the, the kids go out, and they've got their instructor, and each kid gets a little a little boat. And, and, and it just looks to be so much fun, Isabella. And you would recommend it, I gather, uh, given that you've it's taken you where you are now to number two in the world. You would recommend that as an activity for any kid who says, could I give that a try? Oh, oh, absolutely. In fact, I would even say sign your kid up. And even if they say they don't want to go, let them go anyways, because I was very hesitant to go to sailing camp on day one. And it was not something I thought I would enjoy. But as soon as I was out on the ocean, I was completely hooked. (laughs) Interesting stuff. Isabella, thanks ever so much for getting up a little early on a Sunday morning to join us to talk about this. We have uh, great hopes for you in Barcelona a a week, a month from October, rather a year from October. You've got a, a, a massive task ahead of you. I'd like the opportunity to check in with you every now and then going forward. Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. Thanks for this today. Thank you.